feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, I just can't get enough of The Last of Us and Linda Rodstant. Can you help me? Can oh, I get I can more? Help you. you can get more because today we are reviewing Ethan Cohen's Drive Away Dolls. Yes, the Cohen brothers have split. We have one going to do Macbeth, one doing Drive Away Dolls. Uh, we'll get into our opinions on if we feel like they should stay split up or go back together because both of those movies uh, didn't quite work for me. Spoiler alert. Um, and I feel like I like my Coens together uh, and not separate. But Eric, how are you? Matt, I'm okay. It's, we, we've gotten to that point where we're about to hit March and it feels actually more overwhelming uh, in the first couple of months of 2024 than it was in almost all of 2023. Um, just in terms of, I mean, you've got school right now and, you know, I've got some sort of life stuff that's going on. So that seems to be really getting in the way of kind of just the enjoyment of everything. But uh, on the plus side, you know, we're taking our time to review certain things. And I think that actually helps where, yeah. you know, you get time to think about the movies you're watching a little bit more and reflect on them before actually reviewing them. And you have a really wonderful uh, review up with the kind of funny guys for Dune in review. If people want to check that out as well. Yes. People might've seen my tweet. Uh, people might've infamously listened or watched to Eric and I's review of Dune part one during the 2021 Toronto international film festival. Um, did I do a complete 180 on the movie? I don't know. You'll have to go listen to that podcast. You're keeping it spicy. My Twitter. Uh, so yeah, I'd love if you guys head over to uh, kind of funny uh, in review, my first in review, which is, is kind of cool because in review is my favorite kind of funny podcast. I've been listening to it. Uh, forever and obviously i've popped on screencast and other things with those guys before just to do kind of one-off reviews um but going on uh in review and doing a series um has always been um you know a goal of mine so that's really cool that uh tim hit me up and and i i jumped over and did that review with tim kevin and nick so yeah uh fun it's a you know it's an intense movie both part one and part two we'll be reviewing part two soon this friday um, so the reviews maybe aren't as light as they are sometimes with them and goofy and funny, but, you know, still, uh, tried to bring some laughs and, and some good commentary to that movie. So yeah, it's been, um, and going back to your other point, uh, Eric, it's been an interesting start to 2024. Um, uh, I feel like a little bit of a slow start, but January and February are always a little bit slow to get rolling. You know, we do have releases every week, but, um, in the state, um, that we're in right now of, of both of us, you know, uh, I I'm focusing on school. Like you said, uh, you know, you've got stuff going on. We, everyone's got stuff going on in their lives, but we're trying to just review the stuff we want to review and not force ourselves to review, um, something that we're maybe not interested in talking about, or I just haven't had time to go see because it hasn't interested me too much. But, um, drive away dolls being the first one released on, you know, late February, um, just kind of a week or so ago, um, or no, actually this past Friday here in Canada, right? Yep. It, like, it kind yeah. of feels um, like it was longer because 
because Probably we saw the, it a the while ago. The press screening, and then yeah. also it's not doing very well. Yeah, um, which isn't necessarily a surprise. I think this has cult status written all over True. it. And speaking of uh, rolling, uh, the best way to probably watch this movie is a little bit spice. on that four twenty, baby. <laughs> that spice, yeah. Um, um, yeah, but yeah, it, this was the first film in twenty twenty four. If you go, okay, a Cohen brother, maybe not a Cohen brothers movie. Um, is coming out in February. You can only afford um, I, one in this economy. Yeah, I very much uh, want to check that out. Um, unfortunate, like you said, I haven't really looked at the box office or anything, but um, uh, let's get into it. I, I know I was a little bit, you know, I came off a little negative saying I, both Coen Brothers' singular efforts didn't really work for me. Um, that's not in- entirely true with this movie. I'm I'm a little bit more mixed on it. It could be a little mixed negative. It could lean mixed positive. I don't know exactly where I land still, even a couple weeks removed from seeing it. Um, but Eric, in case people haven't seen it or, or anything, I'm going to kick it over to you. What is Drive Away Dolls and what you think of it? Yeah, and and I also think we should um, sort of set this up in a, in a context that makes sense in terms of uh, who deserves credit here. Because sure. even though Ethan Cohen is the director on this film, the credited director is... Um, partner in life, um, Trisha Cook, um, I think has equal responsibility in terms of writing the script. She's the editor. She helped produce it. And there's, with the Coen brothers, there was always this um, legal snafu with the Directors Guild where the Coens at a certain time in their career weren't an established duo so they couldn't share the directing credit for their earlier movies blood simple raising arizona up until uh around the man who wasn't there so you know i I think this is the same thing where i think both uh ethan cohen and trisha cook deserve credit for putting this together um and what they've created is basically a psychedelic road trip um where you have two lesbian friends who decide to hit the road in a drive away car a dodge aries uh they're played by margaret qualley and geraldine vishwanathan um but as they kind of you know hit the road they don't realize that they're actually embroiled in a uh crime scenario where um they're being sort of chased uh by a group that's working for a corrupt senator so within this uh comedy ensues but it's comedy in that kind of Cohen brother vernacular of um, being very dry and dark, but still almost Three Stooges, Looney Tune esque in a way. Like you think about, um, there are certain scenes in this uh, movie, and this is a script that was originally written in 2001, 2002. So it's been kicking around for a while. And you can actually see that, you know, the DNA of the Coens, not just Ethan, are very much implemented into it. So whether you have, you know, the kind of um, chatty uh, henchmen that are going back and forth that are very memorable in something like Fargo or um, sort of, you know, sexuality and sort of um, sort of uh, the voyeuristic nature of characters and something like a serious man. Like there are elements within this script that feel very much um, a part of what we've seen in the Coen brothers world. And I, and what really does work here is that it doesn't overstay its welcome. 
Um, it's only around 84 minutes long and it feels like it's in tune with the Looney Tunes in that way where you're almost getting an extended short film where you have yeah. these two characters being put into sort of increasingly awkward and uncomfortable situations that escalate maybe a little bit of danger um, with a commentary, a social commentary on the time, because it takes place in 1999. They're driving from Philadelphia to Florida. Um, This is a point where, uh, you know, the Clinton era was ending and we were coming up to an election year like this year. Um, And you see that both, you know, characters are talking a little bit about, uh, Ralph Nader and sort of, you know, what's going on about uh, the sort of the southern part of the U.S. and how, you know, it's not as evolved or progressive compared to Philadelphia. And you have um, one of the characters, Margaret Qualley's Jamie, is a Texan and she really <laughs> commits to the yeah. bit. <laughs> so it's, a, it's yeah, it's a she sex. Does, yeah, it's a sex positive um, sort of road trip comedy that very much feels of a different time when it comes to the sense of humor. Like it, 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 it borders on almost pushing the bit to as far as it can go and past the point of no return. So you have this kind of 1960s, 70s psychedelia uh, to it all. And that might not be, obviously that might not be for everybody in terms of what comedy is today, but there are times where I think we both mm. laughed for sure. At very absurd moments, especially with some of the visual gags. Yeah, some of the most unhinged editing I've seen in a long exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like it feels like uh Trisha Cook took a bong hit uh yeah. before, you know, editing and just was like, you know what? I'm gonna do every single edit that's available to me on whatever I'm working on in yeah. terms of the editing system. Um, like I was waiting for a star swipe. Like it was no, that that's, evident. that's exactly it. Yeah. And I think that's where my mixed positive to mixed negative. I fall somewhere in the middle here where, um, I kind of alluded to it. Like, I think I like my Coen brothers, you know, as a pair rather than separate. And, and, and I think that's because they balance each other out. And some of my favorite Cohen stuff leans towards the more serious that has that hint of humor throughout that you can kind of see that they double, triple, quadruple down on uh, Trisha and 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 Ethan in this movie. Um, so I think when you see these duos split up, I, I feel like sometimes they can they're not worst qualities because that sounds too harsh, but they lean into what they really love. And I feel like they don't have the other one to rein them in a little bit. And I think that was my issue with this movie. It very much feels like a Coen brothers movie. You have kind of the greatest hits. You got a briefcase with something in it that someone randomly finds and you have some goons chasing after them to try to uh, get it from them. And it's this uh, like, and the humor is there and the, uh, the accents and like, uh, <laughs> Everything you would you would expect to see in kind of a, a Coen brother movie that you're kind of getting that here. I just think it's leaning so far down that slapsticky kind of, like you said, Three Stooges, Looney Tunes kind of humor that it just the balance feels 
off. It's not that I didn't enjoy it. I laughed throughout with you. I think um, some of the reveals of what's in the briefcase and just some of the, you know, the sex positive humor and just everything going on. Like it is very zany. And I think the editing, I, I at first I was like, Jesus Christ, what is this? <laughs> and like, and then after a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm here for it. Give me the most unhinged edit you could ever possibly get. Um, and for some reason, um, you know, the movie commits to that. And um, I kind of applaud them for that. Um, that being said, it doesn't always work for me. Like I think, uh, you know, Margaret Qualley's accent comes and goes <laughs> like she looking does. like Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, here. she's looking like Timothy Chalamet. I mentioned that to you, um, while we were watching the movie, but, um, you know, I love seeing someone like Bill Camp who feels like, I can't believe they, he hasn't been in a, in a, in a Coen brothers movie, uh, before. also and falling into the three stooges thing. Cause his yeah, name is Curly. Exactly. And I think that is a, obvious uh, you know homage and, and and kind of pointing towards what we were feeling watching it but um you know then you get from the the unhinged editing to these kind of interest these psychedelic interstitials with Miley Cyrus um and then it just it drops the zany editing and then does does these interstitials and when it all comes together of what it is it feels kind of silly it feels kind of pointless um that is probably the point of it um, but, uh, you know, the king of cameos, Matt Damon is great. Um, you know, Pedro Pascal is in everything. I don't know if we're eventually going to get sick of that man. I'm not sick of him yet. Um, he's wonderful in the opening of the movie. Um, Coleman so yeah, Domingo, a, who's just been nominated for oh, an yeah, Oscar with a great a villain, funny wig and, and yeah. hat and like, you know, yeah. And Joey Slotnick and CJ Wilson are, are great yeah. in the movie. As well. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you're a big Twister fan. So seeing yeah. Joey Slotnick uh, again, uh, you know, he, I mean, he was actually recently in the Gerard Butler movie plane. Um, but there, yeah, there are a lot of fun and, and it feels like there are certain mechanics in the plot that are very much Coen brothers esque. And what you just said, I think is important there because Ultimately, when you watch a Coen Brothers comedy, something like this, or say Burn After Reading, you get to the end of the movie and even the characters begin to question, well, what was the point of all of this? Yeah. You know, and and that's kind of what this movie ultimately ends at. Like, it kind of feels a little bit like a Russ Meyer movie in that it is very raunchy with the sex it's not afraid to show bodily fluids it's not afraid to be vulgar it's not afraid to be sexy and sensual and and all of those things which is appreciated i think because of the kind of the you know showing it from the point of view of you know lesbian culture and lesbian sort of lifestyles and sort of being fun and and outgoing and not just simply kind of being um you know, a tragic story or one that is like, you know, a token character. So yeah. all of those aspects are there. And, you know, I don't want to get into it too much, but like you can read about, you know, Ethan Cohen and Trisha Cook's relationship. And that's also very progressive and fascinating in itself. And, you know, I think both of them are very much the authors of this movie. And it's not just simply Ethan Cohen, you know, whether or not, um, the Coen brothers get back together. You know, there's conversations of them going back to a horror script that they've had written for a while that maybe they'll reunite. Uh, I know um, Ethan and, and Trisha Cook are working on a trilogy of queer themed uh, films with Honey Don't being their next one that they'll be 
working on this year like a with thematic trilogy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with Aubrey Plaza um, and Margaret Cawley and Chris Evans in that next one. So um, and, and and you know, like maybe that'll just kind of be like that, that their own little thing, and then they'll you know Ethan will reunite with Joel Cohen. But it's also fascinating to think about. Okay how do you compare this to the tragedy of Macbeth? Because the tragedy of Macbeth is a much sort of more, you know, straightforward adaptation of Shakespeare with, you know, some interjections of uh, humor that's there. Stephen Root's character in the tragedy of Macbeth does feel very much like a Coen brother character in a Shakespeare adaptation or the choice that Joel made to have, um, you know, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth be older instead of um, sort of younger adds something to the narrative. But in terms of comparing them one to one, Drive Away Dolls and the Tragedy of Macbeth, I feel like you'd need like something that Joel Cohen wrote himself in order Absolutely, to yeah. look at like, okay, like how do these <laughs> things line up or 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 don't? And what I will say about this, I'm mixed positive on it, but I did. I, I find myself thinking about certain moments in the film that I keep laughing about, especially like line deliveries. There's a great line that um, Bill Camp has about like, will anybody save Curly? That's yeah, just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and so stuff like that, I think really helps. And, you know, you look at the big Lebowski when the big Lebowski was released, it was the follow-up to Fargo. A lot of people didn't like that film when it first came out and it was like, okay, well this is completely Mm -hmm. opposite of what we want you know the follow-up to fargo to be but now you look at it and it's considered to be an all-time classic i don't know if drive away dolls will be in the same category but with the coens i feel that their movies whether they're together or you know just joel only ethan um their films get better on rewatches so or or just uh, appreciating them more over time yeah, Especially- I don't disagree there. Yeah, because I'd even say with Lewin Davis, Hail Caesar, and even Busker, Buster Scruggs. Like, a Serious Man. Like, yeah. Is it, is it with that? Uh, a Serious Man. Like, they all, yeah. they're all films that I think you need time to kind of ruminate on a little bit. Even a, even Bur- like Burn After Reading, yep. I think, has become – like a couple watches to actually really vibe with it. Yeah, and that was also very much the same with, like, following No Country for Old yeah, Men, exactly. right? So, you know, as a road trip movie, it's, it's pretty – it's not as um, like usually they're kind of shaggy dog stories, road trip films where it's like they really take their time to get to the place that they're going. Cause it's always about the journey, not the destination. This is pretty much streamlined in terms of its narrative from, well, like you, you said, know, point 86 to... minutes, you don't got much time. No, 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 no. But, but it could have been longer. It could have been more like freewheeling and, and, yeah. and sort of about like living in the moment, but it really isn't. It's just more so about like, okay, we're getting to point A to point B, but also we have this like, you know, uh, this basic plot kind of coming in, which is, you know, a, a, a crime genre-esque tone to it that kind of plays an important role in sort of the narrative, but also really isn't important to um, the character development. Cause you kind of also know where the, where Jamie and Marion's story is going, you know, in terms of them, like becoming a couple yeah. um, not that the, it's not really even a spoiler. Like you kind of know that it's like, okay, these two really are kind of perfect for each other. And it's just like mm-hmm. them fi- figuring that out. So yeah, it's, I think it's, I think it's a three and a half for me, like out of, out of five, okay. like, I don't think it's, it's a masterpiece, but I think it's one of those films where 
comedy is such a subjective thing that when it works, it works when it doesn't, it doesn't. And I laughed more at this than I would say about 80% of comedies that are being released today, but it also does overstay its welcome when it comes to some of the bits where it's like, how far can we push this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it a, a soft or maybe a silicone three. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to give it. Yeah. I, I think I'm still on the like mixed positive side. Like I did mostly enjoy myself. Like I, I don't feel strongly one way or another really. And I could go either way. Um, but I didn't necessarily dislike it and I didn't necessarily love it. Like I'm still interested to see what, you know, Trisha Cook and, and, and Ethan Cohen um, will do next. I mean, I will take a Cohen brother movie, um, whether it's Joel or Ethan or together uh, any day of the week. That's why I think this is one of the first films of 2024 I was uh, looking forward to. Um, and like you said, it, it seems like they always follow up their serious stuff or something that's a little bit more uh, depressing or, <laughs> or uh, hard with something that's, uh, a little silly, like even after um, uh, uh, they did Hail Caesar right after Lewin Davis, right? Is that, yeah, uh, yeah. And and sometimes they'll do something that's almost harder to explain in there that's more philosophical, like a serious man. You know, for a lot of people, like when it came out, they were decoding it as kind of like, oh, is this semi-autobiographical? Is this yeah. sort of, you know, a part of their own childhood? And there are elements there, but you look at that movie and that's a film within their sort of incredibly versatile and funny and and quick-witted and, and dry sensibilities that kind of feels almost it's like its own thing. And, and again, like the, it's easier for me to pick films that I don't like in their filmography, which is only really two. Um, let me guess lady killers. Yep. And uh, I'm going to go Hudsucker. No, Hudsucker is oh. great. Hudsucker, I like Roger Deakins cinematography in that movie is amazing. Oh yeah, and Sam Raimi wrote, wrote co-wrote that, wrote it. Yeah, 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 and uh, Paul Newman's awesome in it. I haven't you know, seen it in a very long time. The so. other, oh, and Tim Robbins, like when he creates the actual hula hoop. Um, uh, no, it's it's intolerable cruelty. That kind of oh, felt yeah, like, yeah. No, that that's a easy choice. I should have gone there. Yeah. yeah, and and those are the ones where like there's still minor they're movies fine, within yeah. their filmography. Like you mentioned, Buster Scruggs. I think like the anthology narrative kind of is something we've always talked about on the show as being hit or miss. Yeah. Hit or miss. Um, but it's also funny thinking about like what you mentioned, where it, it goes the opposite of of it starts out really funny. And then it goes darker and more depressing as each short is introduced. Like you look at the Liam Neeson right. s- sequence oh or segment and <laughs> yeah. how dark and disturbing that is. And then yeah. by the end of it, where you know y- you see these characters that are basically almost on like uh, uh, the Hades kind of uh, chariot to hell in a way, and so like contemplating death and like what it means to die, and uh, you know, and you start off with you know Tim Blake Nelson in a Looney Tunes esque. Um, kind of a short film. So, yeah. you know, like, those are all elements that are there when it comes to their filmography, and you can see it very much in this as well. It's just that it's almost like maybe you need to take that script and and do another pass on it because it was something that was written a little while ago, and and maybe at this point it's 
a little bit old hat. Maybe they've taken everything from that and put it in other things that work. So it just kind of almost feels like a fun exercise or a mm-hmm. fun little road trip uh, yep. down memory lane, I guess. Yep, I'm with you. So uh, it's a three and a half from Eric and a three from me um thank you all for listening or watching we really do appreciate it uh eric and i are gonna try to keep pumping out reviews now that like uh the be- like we mentioned at the beginning of the show beginning of the year we decided okay maybe some of the stuff we don't need to review <laughs> but now as we kind of get into when you know i think dune part two w- was the kickoff of the big movies this year um and that's you know, for most people, you haven't seen it yet. It comes out this week. Um, it did have a sneak peek on Sunday, the 25th. So uh, you guys can check out our Dune Part 2 review uh, right now. It'll be spoiler free. And then if you want a spoiler filled review, I will be back on the kind of funny uh, in review this Friday. Um, that will go out as soon as we're finished. Um, if you're a uh, kind of funny member uh, on Patreon or on YouTube, I believe you can watch it live. It'll be 6.30 Eastern, uh, 3.30 Pacific. I'll be on there. Uh, but then now as we're getting bigger and bigger movies and, and, and the movies Eric and I really want to see, some a lot of those movies that are on our most anticipated list and things like that, we'll have more and more reviews for you. Um, we're still working on our concept for the reviews on the other channel on Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, just a reminder, we've moved everything over to the Untitled Movie Podcast channel. And then reviews, we're still figuring out what we want to do over there. We have an idea. It's just a time-consuming idea. <laughs> so it's um, I want to get to it. It's just it, it's so hard with me. Um, I have a lot of work outside of this going on. So I maybe I, when school ends, um, when yeah, when you're done I, I, for the, the or even summer. when I have a little bit more time. Um, when things slow down a little bit, I want to work on something that's different for Eric and I. I mean, Eric's doing something similar, but different for us. Um on this podcast. So, uh, we'll get back over there, but head over to our letterbox. Everything's over there, which is untitled underscore movies. Um, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And you can follow me on all the social medias at EM six, two, one, one. And we will have a new main episode of the untitled movie podcast very, very soon. Um, we're getting close to Oscar season. So whether we do a predictions episode or maybe we'll do one right after the Oscars, that probably makes more sense. And we'll talk a little bit about prescriptions or prescriptions. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk about all of our prescriptions on the, on the newest. We'll we'll, we'll take off our, uh, our tastemaker hats and put on our uh, Oscar prognosticator hats. So I think we'll talk a little bit about that but what i mainly want to talk about is a a vacation episode i've been wanting to do with eric for a long time where we talk about places you should travel to if you're a big movie fan do some theme park reviews eric will do a a review sopranos (laughs) Sopranos piano bar things like that so that'll probably be on the next episode which you guys can get soon so keep an eye out for that uh until next time will anybody save poor curly